This is Dan Fagella. You're listening to the AI and Business Podcast. When it comes to applying artificial intelligence in the enterprise, it's useful to get experience and understanding from other people who've bought AI and adopted AI into the enterprise. Always a useful perspective. But it's also useful to hear from people who've actually sold AI in the enterprise, who've seen people buy for all the wrong reasons and have seen people buy for the right reasons and with the right motives and the right understandings. This week, we speak with Don Vidakin, who is the head of sales at Fractal Analytics. Fractal Analytics is a very well-known AI consultancy and services firm uh, operating in a number of different sectors. Don speaks with us this week about some of his major takeaways when it comes to advice for vendors or service providers who are actually selling artificial intelligence into the enterprise. How do we capture attention the right way? How do we avoid the hype bubble? And how do we build real traction within the enterprise? If you are an enterprise leader and you're thinking about dealing with vendors, you want to know who's treating you well, who's giving you the right kind of conversation and shared understanding to determine a genuine fit, this also should be a useful interview for you to listen into. For those of you who are interested, if you are a vendor company, you're selling AI into the enterprise, be sure to download our B2B AI lead generation guide. Here at Emerge, we actually run hundreds of artificial intelligence lead generation campaigns for vendor companies across sectors. We've learned a lot of key lessons from those campaigns about how to reach buyers and how to generate leads online as a vendor company. You can download that short PDF brief at emerj.com. That's emerge.com slash B2B1. That's the letter B, the number two, the letter B1. So emerge.com slash B2B1. You can download our B2B AI lead generation guide on emerge.com. Without further ado, we're going to fly right in. This is Don with Fractal Analytics here on the AI and Business Podcast. So, Don, first question I want to start us off with is just sort of getting your perspective on what's really most important to get a first appointment with an enterprise AI buyer. Some people are attracted to AI for the wrong reason. Some people are scared of it. What's really most critical to getting a foot in the door sales-wise? Thanks, Dan. Uh, thanks, first of all. Thanks a lot for having me. Of and to your question, uh, it's a very valid question. We need to remember that an enterprise AI buyer, be it the chief data officer, the chief information officer, or the chief data analytics officer, is ultimately talking to business stakeholders about outcomes. He or she has the burden of proof for AI, if you see. And let's not forget that the same person has been pitched to five times that day already by AI salespeople. Yeah. Critical issue here is when you're looking for that appointment, you got to ensure a couple of things, right? That we're not wasting their time or fundamentally insulting their intelligence by going to basic things, because we need to appreciate the fact that they are extremely knowledgeable. We need to be very quickly able to align with their immediate goals, especially the larger corporate goal, right? Is it all about customer satisfaction or is it about something else? Get right to that particular issue. Secondly, we need to get to the point quickly on how we can help or why should we be trusted to do so, right? I mean, is the problem about really improving results of existing programs or is it about enhancing capability? You need to know that as well. When you get to that point, demonstrate really quickly paths to value which includes success factors other than AI, you know, such as data, business solutions, you know, and change management. These are things that we as salespeople need to articulate to a buyer. And lastly, and most importantly, you know, demonstrate that you're willing to invest and learn. An ability to show willingness to learn a buyer's business is a very, very important factor. Mm -hmm. And this willingness goes a long way in winning the trust 
and potentially getting your first appointment with that very important enterprise buyer. Yeah, I actually, I like that last point. Uh, I think maybe isn't thought of immediately by sales folks or marketing folks. When you talk about demonstrating that willingness to learn, when would that come into play? Or how would you frame that in an email message or kind of a first attempt at a phone call? Where would that, where would you really be able to convey that? And, and what does it mean to you? So fundamentally, by demonstrating, first of all, that you are reasonably well aware of the business. That is important. And never forgetting the fact that when it comes to the nuance of the business, you need to show a level of, for want of a better word, right, a lack of understanding and ask the question back to the client or the prospect. And in this is the real value for the prospect in looking at the person who is there, who understands the business in the first place, but is also willing to understand the nuance of the business. So that is very important. So ask the questions that will give them a feeling that you are keen to understand what is specifically important to that particular business person in an overall industry. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, you talked about kind of really understanding the higher level goals of the business, the larger corporate goals, I think is how you worded it. It sounds like to you, that's an important thing. It would really make sense, you know, if we're going to be investing in something that is, you know, admittedly as transformative as kind of big picture as AI, maybe we would need to align that with the existing priorities of the business. Do you believe that that's the case almost all the time? In other words, for any kind of AI project, we're not just talking about you know fraud. We're not just talking about a recommendation engine. We really need to zoom up to kind of corporate goals. Like, is, is, is that critical kind of across the board for AI? Is that only maybe when we're selling to the C-suite? I'm interested in your take on sort of where those bigger goals play a role when we're selling AI, whether it's you know a small application or a big one. So it is universal across the board, but in varying degrees, Dan. You need to understand that when you're talking to an organization, the message goes directly or it goes indirectly. But your ability to demonstrate that you can offer business value in terms of large transformative business value either goes directly if you're talking to the direct buyer or it goes indirectly if you're going through an influencer, right? So if I were to make a bold statement saying that, you know, a fractal as an organization will deliver a billion dollars worth of value, it has a very direct impact at the C-suite and it has a very indirect impact. It also drives the influencer to take that message up the chain. So yeah. you're right, it is applicable universally, but how it is delivered varies. Yeah, but it's, it, what you're saying is it's always going to be part of the conversation. So if you're exactly. if we're talking about AI, in, in terms of that tie-in, I guess one last question on this, and we're going to move into proof of concept, but I'd love to flesh this out. Are you kind of often going to be framing an AI project to be in line and to have sort of, I guess, some spin-off benefit or value or crossover with larger corporate goals? Is it, is it always generally a good box to check whoever we're talking to, whether it's a marketing department, the compliance department, whatever, to sort of have that tie up and kind of articulate where AI fits into the bigger corporate goals to some degree? Like, I guess I'm, I'm wondering if we should frame a transformative value kind of off the get or where it sort of fits in. So to your question, Dan, I think it's, it has to be, it has to be very straightforward, right? It is, a conversation where you're looking at offering a solution to a problem, uh, like I told earlier, improving results of existing programs, or are you basically enhancing capability, right? And when you're talking of enhancing capability, that's a very low-level conversation at a point. You know, you've, you've moved away from the transformative conversation. But when you're in the transformative conversation, it's very aligned with the larger corporate goal, because we have seen time and time again that there is always a change agent in an organization who's driving a goal. 
And in our experience with some of our bigger clients, we have seen that the goal is driven by a high achieving individual or a group of individuals who are driving towards a corporate goal. So to align very quickly with that makes the conversation that much more topical and relevant to the buyer. Got it. Okay. So in any larger enterprise, there's going to be that anchor point person or anchor point group of persons. And we want to find where that change-making impetus is coming from and make sure we can latch onto it. Correct. Because this is not a business as usual conversation. This is a transformative conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so because of that, we have to find those higher anchors because we're not just, you know, oh yeah, we'll improve fraud a little bit. Well, no, we really have to talk about data infrastructure. We have to talk about teams. We have to talk about the way that we treat our whole fraud process. This is not just like a slightly, you know, a new feature to an existing software. This is a new way of thinking. So maybe that's all the more important to tie things up to a higher level. Correct. Got Absolutely. It. Okay. Understood. I, I just wanted to flesh that out and I appreciate your clarity. Next point is really around proof of concept. So I know when it comes to AI companies, you know, there's service sort of oriented firms that work on a variety of projects. And then there's companies that, that sort of offer a particular solution in a particular industry. Kind of everybody normally is starting with some mode of a proof of concept. Will AI work here? Is the data viable, et cetera, et cetera. I think getting to that checkpoint of a proof of concept where we can kind of set ourselves up to win is really important for a lot of companies. When you think about how to really secure one of those with an enterprise client in a way that's, that's going to help lead towards a sale, what does that look like? What are those common factors? Actually, there are three really equally important factors that get into the mix, you know, Diane. And the first one is you need to really solve a problem that the client cares about. And for the right business reasons and with the right metrics, these are three very elements of the first component, right? And the key operative here is, is this problem solved measurable? The second important thing that, you know, is important in this conversation is you need to make it extremely easy to launch a POC. A lot of people overcomplicate a POC. At Fractal, we make a lot of effort to keep the POC straightforward and simple. And the last most important thing is to give them an ability to have that successful POC scale. So if you remember my colleague when he spoke uh, in the last podcast, it's, it's all about scaled problem solving. In Fractal, we call it scaled problem solving that is sustainable across the enterprise. So keep it simple, keep it scalable, sustainable across the enterprise. When you had a change agent who came into the organization, his mandate was very clear. I'm going to drive experimentation fearlessly in the organization, right? And over a one and a half year period, what he did was clearly set a direction that any MVP or a POC that takes more than six weeks is not going to be funded. Uh, that was a pretty dramatic change. Yeah. Because you know you could sit there and keep on boiling the ocean. Nothing would happen. His mandate was very clear. I'm going to experiment and I'm going to fail fast but I'm going to keep on relentlessly experimenting. And what he did was, it was incredible. You know, over a 12-month period, they must have done something like 40, 45 experiments. And what ended up happening was there was only five or six ideas that were actually transformative, that were enterprise level, and could be implemented at scale across the enterprise. So what the organization got was very quick wins that were demonstrable, that made a difference, and that showed value for money. And that is what a POC should be all about. Yeah, you know, well, that's a whole nother point. Yes, is, you know, how should a POC be drawn up? Clearly, you need to be able to have those goalposts. And I guess maybe we'll poke a little bit into that. What I'm going to try to do is nutshell what you just said so that I feel comfortable moving forward. You brought up a couple things. Number one, are we doing a proof of concept for something that's a really deep, genuine business priority? You talked about, is this problem measurable? And then you also mentioned that we need to make it easy 
to start a POC and easy to be able to know when we found a win. Now that involves a little bit of kind of strategy and, and, and knowledge to be able to kind of consider, I guess, what are the factors that make it easier to get into a POC? Is it the sales operation doing a lot of kind of brainstorming ahead of time so that we know exactly how to present it? Hey, this could be a proof of concept that would really be helpful for you. We've already done some thinking. Is it about finding something very tailored, targeted, measurable, and really focusing almost exclusively on that in a POC? When you talked about ease of doing a POC, what are those ease factors? Fundamentally, very simply, it's defining the problem. A lot of calories need to be spent on defining the problem. Because at the end of the day, if the problem statement is not clear, that is a battle which is a losing battle. We need to spend that energy to define the problem. Secondly, very clearly identify what goes in to help us define that problem, solutionize it, and then deliver something that has a very rapid outcome. Now, whether it, it means putting the best minds at it, putting the best accelerators after it, and making use of the IP that we've already built over time are all components that go to drive that kind of outcome. But clearly, the most important component is actually defining the problem, relooking at problem, redefining the problem, getting a clear problem statement is what helps us. Yeah, you know, and I, I realize, I mean, we everybody that has hands-on experience applying AI in an enterprise will say the same thing, that defining the problem is important and that it's significantly harder than most enterprise leaders presume, I think is, is often the common message here. And from what I gather, that's because it really ends up becoming hard to kind of pin down exactly what the problem is. People say, well, you know, we, we need to reduce our refund rate for our sneakers and jewelry, which are higher than the rest of our retail you know, sales or something like that. You know, you need to take an impetus like this and then you need to boil it down to a quote unquote problem that AI could potentially solve. You have a, a little bit of clarity for the business people who have their own problem in mind, but they don't know if it's really framed in a way where we can really start building a POC around it. How might somebody do that? Let me give you an example. So sure. there, there was an example where I was involved with in a conversation which actually had two approaches to defining the problem. And one of the ways that we looked at was, if we make this particular model or this particular tool available, provide this level of detail, would it be a good thing or would it be a bad thing, right? So you had two issues where too much information is dangerous. On the other hand, lack of information is a problem. In order to get a proper definition of which approach to take and where is the risk most applicable, in this case, we had very little choice but to do both. Hmm. So... You know what I'm saying? So in this case, we actually had to do a POC and run with both and see what worked. And that is what we're doing. So so it, I, I guess that there needs to be some flexibility to be able to, I guess, open up the way you define the problem to see which one ends up being most fruitful. So as we're trying to make our way towards a measurable return here, right. maybe we try to keep both of these measurements in mind and we see which one can we resonate to, can we calibrate towards, can we use as our benchmark. And that's the beauty of, of working with AI, and that's the beauty with working with experimentation and you know taking out the elements that create doubt by actually demonstrating it on the ground and seeing it work. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, I can really understand why this is challenging because a lot of really what's going to give a company an advantage in the longer term is just sort of getting their data infrastructure in line, just sort of being able to think through AI problems. It's not necessarily the thing that they can measure to have a, a, an incremental improvement today. However, if you want to get someone to continue to invest resources in doing that foundation building, you know, as a vendor company, you need to be able to, to show that 
tangible improvement a little bit if you want to continue to to do work Correct. with them. So it's it's a, it's a really interesting push pull. And in our, our call with SN, uh, one of your colleagues, he had talked a lot. Anybody who's listening to this episode, you should really go back and listen to our series on finding the ROI of AI. SN's podcast was actually one of the sort of best reviewed shows uh, that we had in all of uh, 2019. He talks about sort of looking at both the long and the near term, which I thought was really useful. I had one last question for you, Don, that I want to get to before we wrap up. And this is just about sort of general mistakes that you think AI vendor companies or, or AI service companies sort of make when it comes to ruining their chances of selling an AI solution. You know, things that, that you see over and over again as as ways of, of really kind of dropping the ball in the AI space. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very, very interesting question. Frankly, it's overpromising. I think we all need to be very, very clear about how we go about this. We should stop overpromising. And it's very easy to get carried away in overpromise. And, you know, I'd look at success with two lenses, one as a firm, and second, as a firm delivering an engagement, right? I mean, as a firm, you know, the first point clearly that AI services market is maturing and and going through a level of maturity. The firm, as we as Fractal or any firm, needs to go with a very clear strategy and market positioning. And not going with that is a very clear formula for failure. And at an engagement level, uh, we need to stop being fixated on throwing unsolicited AI jargon, right? Just stay away from it. Uh, Keep it very simple. Most people are very eager to showcase all possible ways in the hope that something might stick, right? There's really no need to do that. Uh, And and getting bogged down with, you know, or overburdened by technology, you know, there's a very simple adage, right? Keep it simple, stupid, right? That's what we need to do all the time. And it's very important that, you know, at an engagement level, showing products and solutions and expecting the client to figure out how best to realize value from it is also too much of an ask because they really have a day job to do as well. They wouldn't care less. And it is also one of the key things that people make a big mistake with is, like you mentioned a little earlier, is sidestepping or assuming that the data problem is already solved or is someone else to solve. That is something which is a huge mistake that people make, vendors make in the space, because to their detriment, that is something that should not be sidestepped. Yeah. Okay. So last, we're, we're right up around time, but I do want to close in on this. You know, that data is not necessarily someone else's problem. I've also heard folks say that, you know, the, the education of the buyer, you know, their context on what AI can do and can't do, these are other foundational things. That's also kind of partially the responsibility of the vendor I've heard in the past. But you're talking about data here. You know, what does it mean to take that ownership perspective to say, it's not just somebody else's issue. When I come in as a vendor, I need to kind of be a steward to the data situation of, of the buyer here, not just the solution that I'm offering. What does it look like to do that well and responsibly? A couple of things. One is the ultimate outcome. If you look at it, we, we're riding on a wave of data, right? What really is important for us is the quality of the data, the availability of the data, And also, let's not forget, there are new sources of data that keep coming up. And in order to demonstrate business value, I can give you a clear example, right? What we're now doing is we're finding a lot of work happening leveraging video analytics. We're looking at new data sources that are connected to video. And if you're not strong and you don't have that capability to look at external sources and internal sources and newer sources of data, the ability to demonstrate outcomes that make sense to the business users is diminished, right? And to another point that you that I, I, I must mention here is, you know, at the end of the day, the algorithmic sophistication and engineering must always be also matched with good quality data. And let's not forget the human behavioral aspect also, right? We need to take that and convert it into an, in a format where we understand human behavior 
and see what human needs we are actually serving. So all of this put together creates a qualitative outcome. And data, if you look at it, is a massive problem where billions of dollars have been invested. There are certain firms that have got a level of sophistication, which you can assume that data is good, but there are certain firms where you cannot assume that and you need to be able to you know, roll up your sleeves and start working on it. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of vendors want to enter this world thinking that you know that won't be their problem, but it's like, man, that upfront build is, is going to be so necessary to making these projects work and, and vendors, whether they want to be or not, are going to have to roll up. Yeah, I think you said roll up your sleeves and I think that's a good way to put it. I also really like the quote, a lot of calories have to be spent on defining the problem. I'm really secretly hoping, Don, that that's, that's one that really sticks in the back of the heads of the listeners here today because <laughs> I really enjoyed that one. I know that's all we have for time, but Don, this has been a lot of fun, a lot of excellent advice here. I appreciate you being so well prepared. Thank you for joining us on AI and Industry. Thank you, Dan, for having me. So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. If you like what you're listening to here, this is just the tip of the iceberg of all the content that we create at Emerge.com. As a market research firm, we're constantly diving into new interviews, covering new trends, and writing new articles. You can follow us on social to get the latest on everything we produce. You can find Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Be sure to follow us there to stay plugged in to all of our various coverage. There you'll not only get all of our articles and trend reports as soon as they come out, you'll also uh, be able to get your hands on all of the AI and business podcasts, as well as our other podcasts called AI and Banking. If you're not already subscribed to that show on iTunes, you may want to check that out. So follow us on social and stay connected. Without further ado, we'll catch you here next Tuesday on the AI and Business Podcast. 